Welcome. 2016-2017, we're bringing it back. The SBFFL podcast, formerly and currently known as The O Show. Uh, for those who don't know, that was originally titled for Matt O to take it over and run with it, but he's so technologically retarded that uh, that failed miserably after one episode. There's a, a full segment. He, he learned how to FaceTime in the past two weeks, so let's give him a little bit of credit. Well, you know, let me announce our guest today, Bob Flesta. He's here for the Draft Grades episode. He's going to commentate on all kinds of new and exciting shit we've got going on in the league. But first and foremost, he's here to tell me that Matt O can, uh, can handle running a fucking podcast by himself. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I drove up with Troy to the draft, and I heard their research was a couple ha- Couple days beforehand, a nice FaceTime while Matto was cruising around in the squad car. Of course, we'll get to their draft grade later, but uh, really, I really like what they did this year. There's, uh, there is no way that Matto's knowledge of of anything on his phone expands beyond the FaceTime app. Because what happened last year is I don't remember who I think it was an episode featuring Matto and uh, Venetian Shapiro. And I gave Matto all the updates, all the information he needed. I, I gave him the, 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 the rules to follow, everything he had to do. And then an hour and ten minutes later, I get a phone call from him in a panic, like, hey, uh, I talked to him, and it wasn't going that good because I didn't really know what I was doing, and it was really kind of awkward. And, and then, then we said, fuck it, let's just end it, and, and I'll go listen to it and, and see how it is. And, and then next thing I know, that it didn't record. So, so we got nothing. It was 45 minutes long. And then, uh, you know, Shapiro chimed in to basically verify all that. It was a complete disaster. Completely understand. So before we talk about how great the venue was, getting into the draft grades, I just want to know, I know you've been on this crusade for keeping it traditional for the longest time, but how much did it hurt to take an L on fractional points? You know it, it it really is not something I saw coming. I, I thought that the league was indifferent. I thought people didn't care. I thought, you know, and, and that was kind of the sentiment I was getting at first, that, oh, I don't care, so, you know, whatever you want, you know, I stand with you. And then all of a sudden the, the tone started changing, and I started getting a lot of messages like, hey, I've always kind of thought fractional points were cool, but, you know, I stand with the commish, so – you know, you just keep doing your thing. And and then that's when I realized when I had about 85% fractional points favorability rating that I knew I uh, the people spoken, and I, and I had to make that change. It, it, it I mean, it, it wasn't me. – it was a change election. I mean, you expanded rosters, you changed, roster constru- you changed roster construction as we know it, and they slipped in fractional points on you. They saw that you were just making big moves within the SBFFL – and they knew they could slide one in on you, and they got one over. You know, I'd love to tell you that, you know, it was a, it was a big distraction angle play where, you know, I forced 16 teams down everybody's throat. I just added the new members I felt like adding. Um, I basically picked the new flex system. And all that stuff went in unrebutted. So I'd love to tell you I hit the league with the, you know, hey, pay no attention to what's going on with over here. I just gave you back fractional points. You know, how great is that? But really, I just got strong-armed. You know, Jimmy Ryan was was out of control, and then slowly it just, there was a swell, and next thing I knew I was, you know, I was drowning in fractional points. Fair enough, man. I have to say, for a last-minute venue, Blarney Stone could not have worked out more perfectly. I mean, I thought it was going to be tough topping your wedding, but it just <laughs> 
each year you just continually top yourself. Like, are we going to Jamaica next year? Are we going to Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game that wasn't even played this year? Like, how do we possibly move on from how great of a venue we have this year? You know, I got some. I, I got a, a little bit of an idea, and I don't remember who threw it out there. But since I'm moving back home next July, you know, uh, that kind of changes some of our options. You know, we're a little limited right now with me having to mm-hmm. fly in, like, you know, and then and also balancing 30 other guys' schedules. But somebody made a joke, like, when's the SBFFL golf outing? Ooh, I know Jake you know, would like, like that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he'd love – nobody – would love to see Jake on a golf course more than me because you know for a fact that if we keep a video camera on him long enough, he will kick his ball seven to eight yards back into play three or four times. I mean, we were in a football draft, and I heard him talk about golf and car sales more than more than football. It was amazing. Yeah, he he really had an uneven draft. I can't wait to talk about him. And then his performance afterwards, I don't remember how long you stayed at the bar, but I'm very excited to get into some of that for those who missed it. Um, Absolutely. I mean, it definitely it definitely got aggressive once we uh, just moved to the bar area. A couple of people had money down on the uh, on the golf tournament there. But if you're ready, I'm ready to hop right into the uh, to the team overview and performances. Yeah, you're ready to I go. One last point before we get there about the venue. I have to say, it's on me that it wasn't two dollar drinks. The eight dollar pitcher deal was phenomenal, but. I guess I just forgot to like follow up, or if I did follow up, I didn't send a, like a, an email to everybody saying, "Hey, two dollar drinks is off. There's going to be a pitcher deal or something. Just go with it." And uh, I think you know there was some league money spent that I think guys thought was going to be cheaper, but at the same time, guys can deal with it. I, I really, you know, I'm not losing sleep over it. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I personally, I was ripping Guinnesses all night, they all day. They weren't two bucks, but I could care less as long as it's something delicious, well worth it. All right, well, you know what, with that, let's get into this. And, and I don't know if I'm going to end up writing something out or, uh, you know, for the for those who are uh, deaf or podcastless or not technologically savvy enough to figure out how to get this thing on their phone, but this might just be the draft game this year. And honestly, I love the new format. So why don't you take us away? You, you start us off with the first team and the first take, and, uh, and we'll go from there. All right, so I'm kind of feeling we'll go clockwise from where I was sitting. We'll start with Powers. First and foremost, got to give him a shout-out for keeping tabs on monies and rosters. Didn't even have Pops with him, but he was still he still managed to keep all the money. He berated you a few times, but still kept a lockdown on it. Along with keeping a lockdown on it, sent the rosters out 10 minutes after the draft ended and pulled the power move of putting his entire strategy within the PowerPoint, which I absolutely yeah. love. This is a total mindfuck. Yeah. Yeah, I love seeing on the side there the main targets with the crossouts and guys in red. And, and and not only that, if I'm not mistaken, he got most of them, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he hit all of the people he wanted. I almost want to give him Stevie Johnson like he wanted. He said, stash for next year, Stevie Johnson, if money left over. I kind of want to just give it to him as a, as a prize for keeping money on it, uh, keeping everyone's money straight. You know, he did a nice job. He, there was a lot of complaining. And there was a lot of uh, disdain and uh, and things like that in my direction. And we did have to take two power-sponsored piss bricks, which, you know, if we're if if this was like a paid assignment, you know, that's not a very professional move. But since he was doing this pro bono and uh, you know pretty much saved my ass, I think I'm gonna let that slide this year. 
I do have one request, though. If we can go fo uh, going forward into the future, I would love to have assigned seats just so he has to sit next to Matt Ryan and Brandon Martin going forward because the tension between them was electric. <laughs> it was very good, especially when we got that first discrepancy like 25 minutes in. Oh, my God. It was wonderful. Literally, it, was, it reminded me of like if you see like a former Disney starlet or a model – or an athlete, if they get pulled over or aren't allowed into the club, they drop the, do you know who I am? He dropped the, do you know I'm a CPA? Mm -hmm. Fuck you. My math is right. My spreadsheets are legit. Get the fuck out of here. What you have doesn't matter. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so good. And then I, at some point I fined Matt Ryan for holding up the festivities for a fact check that ended up being completely wrong. And he couldn't understand why he was being fined for this when Powers did the same thing. Um, because in my mind, and I might need a, I need a ruling from you on this. In my mind, being the official record keeper comes with some leeway, some power, and, and some, uh, some, some room to make mistakes. But, you know, Matt Ryan's just interjecting from the peanut gallery with his laptop. out. I don't know what he's doing over there. I don't know if he's using a regular calculator or a scientific calculator. I don't know if he's got, like, a logarithmic fucking functions going on. I have no idea what's happening on this computer, but it's just costing me five, ten minutes left and right. Exactly. Like, why do you need to know the exact dollar amount of every single player? We've got the official scorekeeper right there. It's absolutely nonsense with whatever paid database he had going while Powers has his CPA self-made spreadsheet humming along perfectly. As for you his know, pick... Uh, you know what I might have to do? Because that time that Matt Ryan wasted of our lives, it's really not about us. It's about Jimmy Ryan, because Jimmy Ryan wanted to get out of there more than anything in the world, hit the road, drive to Virginia, continue being a doctor and a serious human being, unlike so many of us. But Matt just didn't care. He, he decided that Jimmy's time was not as important as his, and he had to make a spectacle about how he's been keeping track of things. And it was a show of authority, in my opinion. I completely agree. I mean, Jimmy Ryan was the highlight of your intro YouTube video or announcement video to let us know when the draft was. We all know he needs to get back to school. We all know this, but his brother you know just what? did not give a flying fuck. To that end, can we get a round of applause for the fact that 26 members of the league showed up before 945? Yeah. That the is champs, just astounding. It was amazing. The champs plus Matto were the only ones that didn't. I mean, I'm sure we'll add the applause in post, but that really, really fucking worked out well. As for Powers' picks, so we can Go keep it going. Go ahead. Yeah, do that. The only one that uh, I feel bad for him after the fact is uh, Bruce Ellington. So Bruce Ellington tore his hamstring and is out for the season. So that wasn't, that wasn't a injury and then drafted after the fact. It was a day after the draft, out for the season. So sorry, oh, sorry Powers. Cool. You could throw him on the IR, but you can, uh, you can finally get Stevie Johnson now if you want. So uh, go right ahead. Powers did something here that I think is very special and happens every year. And he gets the award for completely flabbergasting me during the draft because I had no fucking clue that Wendell Smallwood was a person, let alone an NFL football player. Dude, he's on I the Eagles. How do you not know that? He's an I Eagle. Don't follow the Eagles. I'm on a mental health break from the Eagles, and I'm not planning on clocking back in until kickoff week one. My God. There's, there is one player that we'll get to. Out of the whole draft, there was one player that I had never heard of, 
And I think you might know who he is, but we'll get to him in about four or five teams. <laughs> All right. What else you got? You got anything else on power or are we moving on? No, we can move on. So uh, so All we, right. we well, mentioned good job by him. Good job by him. Good job by him. Good job by so, him. So, yeah, we, All right. so we mentioned next a little bit Brandon and Matt. Let's, let, let's talk about Brandon and Matt a little bit. What do you, what do you got so, on that? So, Brandon and Matt. So, they had – so, there were, there were, like, a few picks this year that legitimately made me laugh out loud. They had one of them. They drafted Tony Romo. Okay. <laughs> Not only did they draft Tony Romo, but they were visibly giddy about drafting Tony Romo. They, they completed a high five whiter than anything I saw on the golf event once we ended the draft and moved over to the bar. If there were glass tables, I can guarantee they were playing footsie underneath the table. For Tony fucking Romo. Granted, he's in mid-season form. I'll give them that. He's already sustained his 10-week injury. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to be That's that, out of the way. It's out of the way. So he'll be, back, he'll be back after the buys. You'll be good. But to draft Tony Romo and be excited about it was truly baffling to me. I don't know how you felt about it. Is that, is that a keeper play? Like, is the thought, all right, hopefully he doesn't play all year and then we'll get Tony for two bucks next year? I mean, I guess. I mean, they're going to be going with you like that, Tony Rome. I mean, uh, Kirk Cousins. So that, oh. they've got Arian Foster after 30 years old with only half an Achilles. Like, Antonio Gates, who's 55 years old. I mean, it's an interesting strategy. They can keep their Hauschka cards name alive if they want to, but just just a weird draft overall. They really like the old men. These are two guys who, as like much to my chagrin, I have a fair amount of respect for as fantasy owners. You know, they, they always seem to put together good teams. Um, you know, I do my best to make sure that the revisionist history of Matt Ryan's career is that he's never won anything in his life. But you know, anybody with access to the history can go back and see that that's simply not the case. But this this, this yeah. team just sucks. I, what was the plan? I mean. I don't know. I feel like they feel like they got great a great deal on Demarius Thomas. Mark Sanchez lost the quarterback battle in Denver. So they have Trevor Seaman. I mean, you can call him Simeon, but I'm going to call him Seaman, throwing the ball all around the yard. And they think they got a fucking great deal. Like, he's going to catch 15 touchdowns. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolute disaster. I mean, I'm a T.Y. Hilton guy, and, and I, I can't fault him for keeping Gurley. You got it? Got to make that play, but there's just so much bad on this team. I mean, sure, Larry Fitzgerald will probably show up again. He's kind of in that, like, Tim Duncan, Joey Votto mold where, like, he's not nearly as good as he used to be, but if if you just keep picking him, he just keeps plugging away. But I don't want to be the guy holding the ticket when he comes up lame and they send him to the glue factory. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they got Devontae Parker. They're going heavy on Dolphins. I mean – this is basically, if Brees was to be there and draft a team, it would be this team. They've got Devontae Parker and then the Arian foster Jay Ajayi combo. So Brees might want to that be is, the third member of the cruelest. That might be the cruelest draft grade comment I've ever heard, that this is the team Kyle Brees would have drafted if he was at the draft. I mean, I just that's called like a team. Foul. That's foul. And you know what? I, I can't wait to get to Tyler's team later because it truly is remarkable what happened the first time Brees was the draft. And, and there's nothing I like more than this sort of thing happening. I've got a lot to say, to say about that team. But uh, to move on next to the left of them is 
Klingon Miller. So I don't have a lot to say about them. They kind of stayed under the radar, but again, on draft day, I don't trust the quiet ones. They stood quiet for a long time, then boom, they drafted like five guys in a row out of nowhere. That feels like pre-crime to me. That feels like the guy that hangs out in the bushes, in the van, and then once the kids are free in the schoolyard, they start coming up with candy and promises of huffies, and they're like, come, come hang out with me. This is a little bit of the pedophile team, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm surprised it felt that way for you because I felt like they bid on every single player in the draft. They, they, really, they really didn't pull the trigger on someone, though, until like an hour or so in, and then they just really just hit them hard. One after the other, it was like five in a row, boom, out of nowhere, struck, and then got out of there. You know, they really surprised me because they didn't spend a lot of big money on guys, but they threw 30 bucks at Brandon Marshall, and I don't know. I, he's another one of those guys who I feel like he's still a monster, but like, do I want to be paying like, a1 prices for Brandon Marshall nowadays? Do I want to be paying Antonio Brown prices for Brandon Marshall? Yeah, I mean, for 650 more, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but to get Antonio Brown, I feel like it's a worthwhile, especially when they left 150 on the table. I'll give them credit for going for, they got Ivory for two bucks. The Jags didn't yeah. pay that dude 30 million plus to just sit on the, sit on the pine. So I'll give them credit for that. And I actually like Devin Finch, Devin Funches more than I like Kelvin Benjamin who will get to Jamario later, who just completely overpaid for that dude. <laughs> you know, I, I like Funches. I like the Derrick Henry pick. I love Chris Ivory because, you know, like, there's at least five times a year where if you have the running back that starts above Chris Ivory, you're going to watch, like, three Chris Ivory runs where he bulldozes a linebacker and then jukes out of safety, and you're going to say to yourself, like, oh, I'm fucked. My guy's never going to play again. Chris Ivory is an animal. And absolutely. He and he loses the job again. Absolutely. They got Delaney Walker. He's a target monster. And you know me and Dave absolutely love Randall Cobb. So can't hate on this team too much, kind of like what they did. We'll see if Deion Lewis can come back in the middle of the year, and then they'll, they'll be in pretty decent shape. Yeah, you know, and shout-out to them. New guys showed up, kept their head down, punched the clock, real blue-collar draft out of them. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see how it goes and, and just absolutely launching cannon fodder at them if this team is terrible. Yeah, I mean, you've you got to take it if you're going to come into the league and just put up fucking garbage. So oh. speaking, of new, speaking of new guys, okay. there's another new guy coming up right now that I have, I have a couple, couple thoughts on, and that's the Ryman-Mr. Haas combo. All right. So I'll let you go first, and then I'll, I'll go into the pros and cons of Ryman's first appearance. All right, so right off the bat, from where I was sitting, right, you know, in front of my team's table, kind of in the middle of the circle, just constant whiplash, a um, mm -hmm. little dizzy, ready to vomit the entire time. Mr. Haas actually had his back to me. I and hold on, hold on one second, hold on one ahead, second. Go ahead. Go let, ahead. Let me read. Let me read what I have written down for Mr. Haas's Mr. Haas's appearance. Absolutely love the power move of being the only guy sitting with his back to the draft. Oh, the only, the only other thing I'll say about him is I don't want to talk any more shit because I'm not 100% sure if you're able to download podcasts onto flip phones. So I'll just leave it right there. Oh, man. Oh, my God. You know what? I will say um, I liked 
the, the power play was, was real because I don't know if everybody else was feeling this way, but I wanted to know what Mr. Haas was doing more than anything else in the draft because it felt to me like he didn't turn around once. Like he was just he, he so dropped the blindfolded. He dropped the blindfold. He's like those fucking those magicians or whatnot that throw the fucking daggers at the girl spinning on the wheel. He just he was so confident, but wanted you to think he didn't give a fuck. And I love that. Seriously, I, it was like he knew something that I didn't know, and and I could barely focus. There were definitely a few players who I I didn't know who the hell I was running the bidding on because I was just staring at the back of Mr. Haas's head, wondering what was going on in there. And you know, he'd be the first one to tell you. <laughs> Quite possibly, nothing was going on in there, but that's maybe that's his secret: is that he, while the rest of us are stressing out, trying to figure out what advanced calculus he's got going on over there, he's just daydreaming about watching DVDs in the squad car back when he was thirty-five, and he doesn't have a care in the world. I, I don't know. Um, just you know, watching Super uh, Troopers for the thirtieth time and just letting it run. Meow, meow. Yeah, and and then you know from what I could see, I could see Ryman, and he'd have the bid card. And he did a very nice job of showing me when he wanted to pass and when he wanted to bid because I would look at him every single time, even if he had never bid once on the player and we were seven rounds in on a, on a certain bid. But he would then pause, look at Mr. Haas. Mr. Haas would make no discernible movement. He would say nothing. I'm not even sure he would blink. I couldn't see his eyes. I'm pretty sure no movement was made in his entire body, and then Ryan would look at me and either bid or pass. And, and, and I was so shook by this. So, yeah, so going to Ryman, I have – I'll give the old compliment sandwich here with a con pro con. So I want to start off with how do you feel about him trying to take over fines from you multiple times throughout the draft? I know he's, so he's your wife's sister's husband. I don't know if that's brother-in-law once removed or what the fuck the term is with that, but he was, he was trying to make a little bit of a power play for fines in his first draft. And I want to know how you felt about that. So what I liked about that is I like the energy because what they say about publicity is there's no such thing as bad publicity. And that's how I feel about fantasy football energy, where that's fair. whatever you're bringing to the table, as long as you're giving me something, I can work with that. You can hassle me. You can give me shit. You can whine. You can complain. You can be complimentary. You could be uh, you know, subservient, whatever it is. As long as you're giving me something, I can work with that. Now, we got a lot of guys who show up you know, keep their head down and don't say a goddamn word. And, and, you know, every draft needs those guys. But I'll take hostility, I'll take second-guessing, and I'll take downright, uh, you know, just outlandish behavior over that any day. Completely respect it. So now I'll go to my pro, my pro for Ryman. He had the second-best fashion choice of the draft. And let me, let me break down why. Please. So he had to know that we were going to be in a hot bar it was loaded with guys ripping ass all afternoon. The methane levels were just insane in there. And he wore the thinnest, most breathable fabric I've ever seen. I mean, it was, so, it was so thin that once we went to the bar afterwards and he spilled his drink all over himself, turned his shirt inside out, and somehow the stain was worse on the inside. Now, if that is not... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That stain was horrific. If, if that is not the most breathable fabric you've ever seen, then please show me show me a silk finer than that. Please show it to me. Yeah, it, it was really it was something special because him and I made the spill at the same time, and I had like a little brown dot on my shirt from whatever we were drinking, 
Oh, from some absolute atrocity of a car bomb um, that I'm not going to get into. But he was just almost nipple to navel, just covered in like. <laughs> it was fucking wonderful. So the last, yeah. the last point I have, the last point I have on his um, initial appearance is that after you, the compassionate commissioner, expanded the league to allow for his entry, he tried to backdoor another person in by putting King on speakerphone. I know. How did you feel about that? That's one of my, and I got to say, it's one of my larger regrets because I didn't think, after years of kind of joking about it, I didn't think Jeff King actually wanted to play in the league. And apparently he very, very, very much does. So I feel like I missed an opportunity to add just a quality member. You know, somebody who's going to mix it up. Somebody's going to whine, bitch, talk shit. All the things I was talking about before that I'm looking at. And he was one of those people. And they also had an idea, um, hence the speakerphone, that he was going to come and just run their entire draft. And the two of them were going to sit behind him and say nothing and then just whisper in his ear from time to time. And that would have been such a revolutionary draft move that I can't fault them for trying to bring in outside members. I, I can't fault them one bit. All right. I mean, I can respect that. The only thing I was thinking is, he's finally in the circle of trust. So did it seem like he was disrespecting the sanctity of the draft? Almost like some employee was giving out Colonel Sanders' secret recipe to a reporter. Or you were screenshotting a girl who was nice enough to Snapchat her boobs to you. Like, was he letting the cat out of the bag a little bit from the inner circle or not? You know, that, that might be true. And, I, and I, there's a lot of guys in the league who pay their dues, who've been around a long time. Um, you know, some guys have got 10-plus years of service. Um, they, you know, they're cashing out league pensions, um, you know, pretty soon. So I can understand how it rubbed them the wrong way. But I think that, uh, that make-yourself-at-home attitude that's what we need. You know, we need some people to come in and, and bring, breathe new life into the league. And, you know, if, if he wants to be a villain year one, more power to him. I think the league needs villains. To, to, be, to be honest, I'm completely with you. I like someone who's going to come in and try to shake things up. So as we're going to the uh, pro versus con side, definitely think it was a pro. Solid first draft. Yeah, first draft I mean, out of the Ryan and Mr. Know, great grade for chemistry out of the two of them. You know, you don't like Danny and Kling were kind of feeling each other out a little bit, you could tell. But Ryman and Haas had undeniable chemistry from the go. Yeah, and I mean they were actually smart enough to draft the quarterback that's actually starting for the Cowboys. They didn't go Tony Romo. Yeah, they spent a little bit on Cam Newton, but they, they got Prescott. They got the Dak attack down low. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I, I got to respect the pick. He, everybody, even Cowboys fans included, are just dying for Dak to be the next Russell Wilson, and he is in such a bad spot. Yeah, I mean, um, he's... You know, we, I can't get into this. I, we're going to talk for 30 minutes about how I think Dak Prescott's going to go down in flames and Ezekiel Elliott's going to be in prison for, you know, like, uh, I don't know, some, like, fake date rape club, uh, date rape drug incident where, like, his boy did it, but he's taking the fall for it. And, then, you know, I, I just think it's going to end poorly, and it's going to be, like, the, the black running back version of Johnny Football. But, you know, shout-out to Troy and Matt O and all the other Cowboys fans in the league because boys will be boys, and, and this team is going down. So that's actually a perfect segue because not only do I love Ezekiel Elliott's belly shirt, which we'll – He'll always have on draft night, but that brings us right into the Ryans, who come up next, and they have, so when I said that there was one player in the draft that was drafted that I had never heard of, 
it's on their team. And please, just go ahead. I'm sure you can guess it. Oh yeah, now that I now that I'm looking at it, Adam Humphreys. Who the fuck is Adam Humphreys? That was another one. I was afraid to yell it out to the group because I thought it was a joke. I'm kind of like you thought you were being Burgundy at the draft. The Catholic yeah. situation. Yeah, I'm kind of like Ron Burgundy at the draft. Like, I'll read anything on the teleprompter because I only know 40% of the league. So, you know, there's a lot of names you can throw out where I'll just yell them and pray to God that they're actually players. So, I mean, try to keep an eye out for that next year because you can definitely get me to call out, like, the number one pick in the hockey draft or something like that. But Adam Humphreys, I legitimately thought that guy was, like, deputy commissioner of the NFL or something like that. It was unbelievable. I like to think that me and Dave put a little research into it into this before we go in. And that was one guy, granted he's a Buccaneer and they're gung-ho about their uh, their squad there, but Adam Humphreys, who the fuck is that? As you know for the strategy... Surprised? Sorry, you know who wasn't surprised? Which, go ahead. Uh, and I'm not surprised he wasn't. Mario DeFelice was all over that one. I think we <laughs> could play... This could be a 32-team league with double quarterbacks, three receivers two additional flexes, and in defense, independent defensive players, and I don't think there's a player we could call out that Mario wouldn't know. I mean, I so, shout out to surprise him. me at all. I mean, I just Googled Adam Humphreys, and he could not be a whiter individual. So, thankfully, they got the you know, white, white receiver discount on him. But I need to say, there were two teams that zigged while every other team zagged. So, you basically remade rosters to make this a wide receiver heavy league. So what do they do? Fucking zig while we were all zagging. Spent 54 bucks on two running backs. Mm. I'll give them credit. They got the handcuffs for Le'Veon with D'Angelo Williams, but they just went running back heavy while everyone else was loading up on receivers. Yeah, they and, and they took my boy, Isaiah Crowell, and I say my boy just because I'm, I'm a person that is your boy. Obsessed with, I'm obsessed with handcuffing, even though I personally think Isaiah Crowell is a terrible running back and a worse human being despite the fact that I know nothing about him. And I was just ready. I was like, you know what, great, we got like a dollar fifty here. Like, that's a reasonable price to pay for this bum. And then sure enough, the Ryan fam comes with, you know, two hands flying in the air, just throwing bids at all my fucking guys that I was trying to take in. And You know, I did steal one of Jimmy Ryan's favorite keepers, and I'll get into that when we get to my team. But I kind of like this roster. Now that I'm looking at it on paper, like, this looks like a playoff team to me. Uh, it's it's possible. They don't have much depth. I mean, can Corey Coleman elevate himself above Terrell Pryor and Josh Gordon once he gets back? Will the Patriots use tight ends for Martellus Bennett to get his their two tight end sets? And then Teddy Bridgewater, they're probably going to slot into IR because he's done for the year, just like Powers with the Ellington pick. That's the danger of drafting a couple weeks before the season actually starts. Yeah, you know, and... I mean, clearly this team has no second flex because um, the quarterback, running back, receiver, first flex is just Oh, God, no. Get. They don't at all. Oh, you God. Know, their, their top four are as good as anybody's. But after that, it's a fucking shit show. They um, need so, Latavius Murray to go down so DeAndre Washington has any value. Yeah, they, they need that to happen. They need somebody to, to bring some value. But – you know, this is a team that, that always ad drops well during the season, so I would imagine they're going to find somebody or swindle somebody in a trade that this is going to be a pretty good roster barring health towards the end of the season. I, they're, they're a pick-to-click for me. Yeah, they're, they're, this is a team I think is going to be uh, 
in the playoffs, but, you know, in classic Ryan family fashion, I think they're going to flame out immediately and, and probably not win any of that new playoff money that I injected into the league. Probably not at all, but uh, fuck me when Adam Humphreys goes out and catches 10 touchdowns, and I uh, I feel like a moron. <laughs> all right, well, let's move on here. Let's uh, let's get into Matto and Troy. You, you got anything else on them, or are you ready to move on to Matto and Troy? No, that's enough on them. We're ready for Matto and Troy. So Matto and Troy, I love what they did with their lineup. Not only did they get the 2014 Cowboys offensive weapons with Dez and DeMarco Murray, but once Josh Gordon comes back, two Browns in the starting lineup, two? It's fucking incredible. <laughs> I love yeah, what they did. That is so hard to do. And, you know, on first glance, I really like this lineup, but that's because I suffer from uh, Kevin Aria amnesia when it comes to fantasy sometimes, and I fall in love with names that were good in 2008. Um, I'm not, hold like, on, hold on. I need, I need to say, I need to say, Okay. I said two people from the 2014 Cowboys lineup. Didn't even realize they have Witten on the bench. Fucking oh, awesome. yeah. Um, oh. With Cole Beasley at the bottom, you know these are diehard Cowboy fans, and they just don't give a fuck about what their, what their lineup looks like. It's such a mistake that Dez only went for 33, because Troy had the right arm up, propped on the table, right? He had his elbow on the table and his hand. You could have went to 45. Up. You could have went to 45. It would have broke yeah. the record. He didn't blink between 22 and 33, and we easily could have gotten up there. We could have set a new high. There was just It was a clear understanding between the two of them that they weren't backing down. They came with one purpose. That was it. And we just fell right into it. We, all, we were all sleeping. They want to throw up the X. I mean, I love Lamar Miller. I love Phillip Rivers. But when it comes down to it, they want to throw up the X on a weekly basis. Yeah. You know, this team, I mean, that DeMarco Murray pick, holy shit. I mean – they paid, like, 2014 prices for DeMarco Murray, let alone just having him on the roster. 1850 for a guy who most of the league is pretty certain isn't going to be the starter after, like, six or seven weeks is, is just a calamity. It's just a financial miscue. I mean, they didn't handcuff him, but at the same time, if they're going by preseason usage, they have been given DeMarco Murray the clear lead back role. So I'll give them that. And Lamar, Lamar Miller on the Texans is in a very run-heavy offense. Brock Osweiler is a fucking scrub, so they're going to be giving him all kinds of work. After that, I don't really have much else to say towards this team. I may find myself in Maddow's jurisdiction in the next couple of weeks, so I really don't want to go in too hard on this squad. All right, you know what? That's a good point. Let's, let's give these guys a little leeway. Um, they're a team that uh, hasn't had too much success as partners, if, if memory serves. This could be a year for them where they, they, they write the ship, or you know they could, maybe we see a, fracture, a partnership that's fracturing and we have a realignment next year. That's possible. So it's a good segue, though. It's a good segue. Let's let's get a word. We got official podcast sponsors this year after after the two episode viewership was off the chains last season. So we got sponsorship officially. Uh, you know, why don't we get into that first word? Yeah. So the first ad of the week, Uber. So have you ever gone to a draft, had about three too many Guinnesses, more bar food than you've had in the entire year combined, and your ride home needs to go to a pool instead of taking you back? Uber. So for SBFL, FFL members, use promo code NKW1P, and you'll get $15 off your first ride. Again, that's NKW1P. And not only will you get $15 off your first ride, but 
me personally, I'll get $15 off my first ride. Again, that is Uber. That's nice. You know what? That sounds uh, – I, I can't help but think um, one of our league members would have really benefited from that promo code uh, draft day. Completely, completely worthwhile ride home. It was uh, a nice little Nissan Sentra, Dello's old throwback before he hit a deer. And it just uh, it worked out perfectly. So uh, we can move on to the old Vin Chap here. And when I was talking about uh, teams that zigged while other teams zagged, in a wide receiver league, this team decided to spend on the most expensive running back and the most expensive quarterback. Just amazing move. Aaron Rodgers, Adrian Peterson, both on the squad, in my division, love the zig while everyone else is zagging. This, this is a team that I, I look at and I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. Um, not from my team this year, but from, you know, Delo and I's strategy is usually, it, it's a pick two combo, um, just playing that New York lotto and just praying to God. And, and obviously, you know, you see what happens when that strategy goes wrong. You end up with a fucking pocket full of pink. And I'm not talking about the kind that you take home, turn the lights off on, and, and, and go to town with. I'm talking about the one that just perpetually embarrasses you in public, that you have to explain to baristas that, you know, your coworkers don't understand, that you get shady looks from everywhere. And, and this team, nobody likes Aaron Rodgers more than, and Adrian Peterson more than I do, but this team just fucking screams disaster to me. Dude, but can, I, can I break down the second receiver position for them real quick? Please. Please. Okay, just going off powers list, Anquan Bolden. This dude qualifies for the early bird special at this point. It's absurd. He's on the Lions. He was a Niner last year. I'm a Niners fan. I didn't even know he was on the Lions this year. Second spot, Tavon Austin and Deshaun Jackson come in at a combined weight, combined weight of 250 pounds, and they're hoping they last the entire season. Fucking a farce. Chris Hogan. He's the third best white wide receiver on the Patriots. I'm not even including Gronk. We've got Edelman, we've got Amendola, then we've got Chris Hogan. That's what they're going with. Then Braxton Miller. This guy was a quarterback at Ohio State two years ago, and now he's getting ready to slot into their starting lineup. Incredible. Yeah, this team, oh, God. I mean, is the hope that, Rodgers just turns back into the greatest quarterback of all time, and then Adrian Peterson rushes for 2,300 yards in a passing league. I, oh, God. I mean, and, and, and the Deshaun Jackson pick is foul. Uh, there's so much to hate on this team, so much to hate. Just absolutely oh. brutal. I don't want to think about it much longer. Can we please, let's just move on to Jamario. Fair, fair. Fair. Let's let's get away this, from this dumpster fire before it drags us all in. This is a team. I know you said Mario knows every player. He knows Adam Humphreys. He's scouted him. He's seen his college tape. But I feel like they've been living off the hype off past championships. I mean, they a lot a lot of hype guys that just don't pan out. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin coming off the injury when Funches is getting all the love coming into the season for what was it twenty one fifty? I just. I just don't see it. So you know what happened with this organization, and I don't know if a lot of guys know this, because this league is basically comprised of, like, all my best friends in the world, but not necessarily everyone else's best friends in the world here. So 
you know, not everybody knows everybody well enough to be up on the latest happenings or really to understand what's, what the dynamics are. So I think in the past, um, you know, Jimmy was just as much of a buffoon as he is now, a fraud, a phony, a fake. But he was smart enough to let Mario secretly make all the decisions, and then he would take credit for it. But after those past championships and winning seasons that you're talking about, the success kind of went to his head, and he started thinking that he was the secret ingredient and that he's the guy who makes all the decisions and that Mario was the patsy, and he stopped listening to him. So ever since, this, this franchise has been in an absolute free fall, and Jimmy's just been controlling the narrative and just blaming Mario, blaming Mario, blaming Mario, but really, he's just lost his fastball. Guy has no idea what he's doing out there. Fucking brutal. That's what I'm thinking. I, I think really that if, if if Mario could find a way to get Jimmy to miss the draft, that you know they'd be right back in the hunt for the for the championship like they used to be. I mean, Big Ben for 15. I mean, go look at his splits from last year with and without Martavis Bryant. The dude is just a league average quarterback with Martavis, but you guys overpaid for him. I just I I, I like some of the players, but I don't like some of the prices. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, as a former Carlos Hyde owner, have fun, boys. Um, Chip Kelly offense? Phenomenal. Look, don't get me wrong. Carlos is a phenomenal football player. But he, to a fault, because he's he's tough, he's going to play through injuries, and he's going to play through injuries at 70%. He's going to be a guy with a lot of concussions. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the leading rusher for the first three weeks of the season and then is a complete disaster the rest of the way. That's just the kind of football player he is. Can't say out of his I would way. be remiss. I would be remiss if I didn't go back and mention this. There were a couple teams that did go over budget. We skipped over this when we were talking about them. Vinshap over budget. Yeah. Uh-huh. With that squad. Yeah. What were they spending the extra money on? You know, and, and that's who cost them the money. People complain that the fine's not high enough for going over budget. Dude, that extra dollar is doing jack shit for you. I know on draft day it feels like the end of the world, but, dude, look at that roster. It's a joke. They they honestly joke. paid extra money to put that 50 cents on smoking Jay Cutler, Chris Hogan. Jesus uh-huh. Christ. Yeah, they, had, they had to have the Jets defense for a dollar. Got, got to do it. Speaking of yeah. something you have to do, let's move on to Josk and Connor. Anytime... You can lock up the entire Buccaneers offense for 32 bucks. You have to do it. You have to do it. Jameis for 850. Doug Martin, load him up. Like, you just have to do it. You know, the, the regret on Connor's face after that trade, after those picks went down, was so obvious and painful. I really felt for the guy. He had no intention of doing that. I mean, I, I like the, the Baldwin-Green-Cooks wide receiver trio. I do. But Jesus Christ, I mean, you guys are going to be wearing eye patches by the end of the year with the amount of Buccaneers games you're going to have to watch that you guys are so heavy on the fucking Bucks. Isn't it amazing? I don't know how much time you had to watch them. You know, obviously, I, I had a pretty good vantage point to everybody. Isn't it amazing the 180-degree difference between the Dirty Josk drafting his own team and the Dirty Josk sitting next to Connor while the he's drafting his team? It was way different. I mean, he was right by the right by the the beer line. He was going into the third base coach stance while he was in bidding wars. 
it was just a much different vibe with those two together versus separate. It was like it was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like last year, he was on his meds. He was doing crossword puzzles. He was focused. He had the eye of the tiger. You know, this year he shows up and almost from the go, it was like he had no interest whatsoever in the team, and all he wanted to do was smoke bogues and and chug and chug as much beer as possible. I mean, it was it was it was night and day. It was night and day. It, it is a. Uh, it's a shame because the guy put together a championship roster. Say what you want about Henderson taking him from the, all the way to the finish line, but the dirty Josk sat down at the draft, knowing he had a full night of drinking ahead of him at the wedding, and just fucking put together a Herculean effort, a championship squad, and then shows up next year wrestling on his laurels, and maybe not even wrestling on his laurels. I think he might truly not give a shit. No, he was, he was more concerned about golf than he was about this draft. Yes, and his post-game antics were world-class. He was far and away the drunkest guy in the league um, and harassing the, the our lovely bartender, waitress, woman, who did a phenomenal job. Uh, he was Wonderful. Just going Love the Eagles cut off. Yeah, yeah, she was killing it. Um, she, he, you know, he decided to try and fight me in the car ride to the airport. Which didn't go well Ooh, for nice. him. I think. I think if you follow Matto on Snapchat, you probably saw a lot of that. I think he has a lot of videos saved. So throughout the season, I'll be embedding those into uh, into the weekly write-ups. But always looking for gift cards. Shit show. Yeah, just a shit show. And uh, and and shout out to him because we needed one, and and I didn't think we were going to get one, and he stepped up to the plate. He was that guy. 